2: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro.
1: Yes, indeed. It's time right now to find out what's going on in the world around us. It's time for the Decibel Geek Presents. GeekWire. Yeah, that's right. The latest and greatest happenings in the world of rock and roll. Myself, Aaron Camaro. My co-host, Chris Sinzak. We're going to talk all about it today. We got all the news. We got the birthdays, the death days, new albums coming out, and all that good stuff. So let's get right to it, my man. What kind of news stories you got lined up for us?
0: A few interesting things this week. Uh, Sammy Hagar has explained how Tool's how do you do you say, do you call it enema or enema or enema? What do you call it? Anima, I guess. I always called it enema. Um, well, he explained how Tool's enema album has changed his life.
1: Oh, man. Tool, enema, Sammy Hagar. I'm holding myself back.
0: Well, he said, uh, enema is so great musically and so remote from any record I could ever make that it drives and inspires me. It's so innovative, raw, and dark. I've become I've become friends with Maynard, and I think he's one of the great artists of our time. He's a genius and a complete renaissance man. We're kind of like the odd couple. Yeah, because when I think of Maynard James Keenan, the first thing I think of is him
1: palling around with Sammy Hagel. <laughs> that is kind of a funny thing to imagine, you know? <laughs> Although Tool
0: does have a song called Hooker with a Penis. Maybe they wrote it about Sammy.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> All hate mail can be sent to Chris Sinzak at decibelgeek.com. <laughs> yeah,
0: we've lost a few <laughs> listeners from that one.
1: I know. We always are hurting the Sammy Hagar fans' feelings, but, thats I mean, it's kind of weird. You don't, I just have a hard time imagining Sammy Hagar listening to Tool and being like, yeah, I dig this. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's a great album. Tool is a is a, I mean, they're one of them bands that the stuff I like, I like a lot, but most of it I don't like. But they do have stuff I like, you know, so. Yeah. But the stuff that I like, I really like a lot, I think, is really kick-ass. But, boy, Sammy Hagar and Tool, that's like universes apart in, in every way. That's like
0: David Lee Roth hanging out with Zach De La Rocha. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, that
1: makes more sense. That's a funny thing to picture, too.
0: <laughs> it's some interesting conversations. Yeah,
1: man. Talk about a huh? uh, reality series.
0: Although I do love that Tool album. I was very on board with Tool, probably all the way through 10,000 days. I still like the stuff. I didn't care a whole lot for the newest one, but I like I a few songs on
1: it. Still, my number one favorite Tool song is Maynard's Dick.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, th-
1: that song, <laughs> fucking the riff on that song is just outstanding. But none of their other songs sound anything like that one. I wish they'd do more stuff like that. That is a good one. Yeah.
0: And I love the song uh, Jerk Off from the uh, Opiate See the EP, the first oh, thing yeah, they put
1: out. Yeah. I haven't listened to that in a long time.
0: That's got a scream that Maynard lets out. That go. I, I think I timed it once, and the scream goes on for like forty-five seconds. Oh, nice! It's it's crazy to listen to.
1: That's cool. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I just, you know, I have mixed emotions talking about Sammy Hagar on this show because I know there's a lot of people out there that just love Sammy Hagar and they think that Van Halen stuff with him is just great and. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings or nothing, but. Well, honestly,
0: it's just kind of, it's fun to poke fun at him. But uh, if, if Ian Ian Wadley were here now, he would say, first you ruined Van Halen, now you got to ruin Tool.
1: Right.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. I can't imagine a lot of Sammy Hagar fans are also fans of Tool. It's possible. You never know. It's possible. <laughs> Yeah, let us know in the comments section. Do you love Sammy Hagar and Tool? Are you a fan of both? You can be a fan of both, I think. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you could. Like I said, I was, I was explaining to the Mooger Fugger up in Indianapolis and I had to pull out my iPod to prove it that I've actually got some Sammy Hagar songs on my iPod. Not a lot, but yeah. I don't hate all Sammy Hagar music. I don't either. I'm just, just having fun. With yeah, it. I just kind of hate the idea of it. The, the, it to me, it always comes back to the same thing. It's when I was a kid, my aunts and uncles had Van Halen, and then when I was old enough to have Van Halen, it wasn't really Van Halen to me anymore, and the mm. the difference was Sammy.
0: I like some of those songs from his era. I'll be honest. Um, I, me and my brother really like the song "Dreams," but I think, uh, I think I figured out that I. I don't so much like the song as I do like all watching all the uh, Blue Angels footage
1: in the video. Yeah, yeah, that song sucks.
0: Wow. But the but the video footage it's cool though. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like the stuff you can say about Van Hagar. Song sucks. Video's kinda cool. Yeah. I've
0: I've already been out as a Juice Newton fan. I have no integrity left anyway, so right? it doesn't matter what I say.
1: That's awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um Guns N' Roses kicked off their 2023 tour in
1: Abu Dhabi oh, yeah. on June 1st. Did you uh, Did you hear about the set list surprises? Oh, yes, I did. Man, I saw that set list. I was like, man, maybe I should go see Guns N' Roses when they come back around. That's pretty cool that they're busting out some classic stuff that they haven't played in a long time. You know, I wish I wish other bands would do that. And we're going to talk about them in a little bit because they're always on the Geek Warrior news. But to me... It'd be awesome if KISS did that. If KISS did that, I'd go back and see him again and again. And I was talking to somebody that's planning on going to see him soon. I said, Yeah, have a good time, you know, but I'm not, I'm not the KISS fan that I used to be. Right. And so I feel like because he's like, Are you gonna are you going? When was the last time you went? And it's like, no, I'm not going. I can't believe you're not going. So I said, you know, it's it's not the same for me anymore. But if they changed up the set list and stuff, then I would go every other every time they came around if I thought they were playing new stuff. Now you're gonna you're gonna get the same
0: set list every time with them, right? But, uh, we'll talk a little more about Kiss later. But it, well, with the Guns N' Roses thing, they you know they broke out um, "Bad Obsession" from Use Your Illusion. Awesome. They did "Pretty Tied Up," which they hadn't played since 1992. Awesome they did uh the uk subs cover down on the farm which was on spaghetti incident
1: that's a killer
0: track and they played anything goes from appetite which they hadn't played since 1988 which that surprises wow. me i assume they would have played that since then
1: yeah i mean that's one of their signature songs that's yeah, really cool. i love that song Yeah, that song is killer that's how you do it if you are constantly touring and you're one of these nostalgic acts now, you know, because we're getting older. So that's what the young people call them. Guns N' Roses, they know, you know, why, why would the people that came last year, or the year before, come again? Yeah. Because we're adding cool new tracks, new songs to the set list. That makes me as a Guns N' Roses fan want to go back and see it because they're doing something special. Kiss comes to town. I am not going because they're not doing nothing special. Well, they're coming back to town pretty soon. You I know. know that, yeah, right? yeah, they're playing at the soccer stadium, which probably is going to be a pretty amazing place to see a band.
0: Yeah, that stadium holds thirty thousand people, so it's a good size venue. Yeah, and um, that stadium is literally right across the street from where we had Rockin' Pod. So, yeah. um, but uh, you, you, well, you really have to go now because they added such an awesome opening act for that show. Did you hear about that?
1: No, who's who's opening for him? Carrie Underwood? Oh damn it, I did hear about that. I guess my brain tried to block it out. What the <laughs> hell? What the fuck? <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Why? Is that a joke? Are they playing a joke on their fans? I
0: think they're old friends apparently. I think that she's a she's appeared on stage with them or he's or Axel's appeared on stage with her. I think they're friends of some sort. Well,
1: Gene Simmons was banging share, but you didn't see her opening up any KISS shows in the 70s. Yeah,
0: I know. Mean, KISS be on stage playing Shout Out Loud, then she comes out, The you hear the record scratch, and then she breaks into
1: half-breed. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no. That's crazy, though. Carrie Underwood opening for Guns N' Roses. I can't imagine too many Guns N' Roses fans are excited about that, unless... No. Unless, you know, that Duff McKagan, he's kind of a romantic guy. He probably had the idea, you know, we want the dudes to come out, but all our fans are old and married now, you know. The wives might not let him go. But if we had Carrie Underwood opening the show, then the dudes could say to their wives, hey, baby, you want to go see Carrie Underwood? And the wife goes, "Oh, you're going to take me to go see Carrie Underwood? And you say, heck yeah, baby. And she goes, oh, sweetheart, and you know, it's all romance, and then you get to the show, and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> By then, it's too late. <laughs> well, technically, Brilliant. you didn't lie. Thanks, Duff. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, so you going to go?
1: I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Seems pretty the, cool. Get ready for uh, $400
1: tickets. Oh, shit. Maybe I'm not going. <laughs> Um, oh, man, do we still got our rock and pod parking passes. Do they still work? I don't think so. Oh, damn. Um, but no. Oh,
0: well, and actually, I've, I just got reminded of something that I forgot to put on the list that I saw today that I thought was an interesting. It's not super rock and roll related, but it's kind of interesting. So do you remember the, the movie? And you may have seen me share this link. Do you remember the movie War Games from the 80s?
1: Um, I think so. That really sounds familiar. It was
0: a Matthew Broderick movie where he like he oh, yeah. taps into like the 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 government's like weapons system and
1: stuff, right? And he's got access to the launch codes and stuff, right? Yeah, so, okay.
0: So in that movie, the, he the the computer system or whatever the government's using was developed by this British scientist, and like part of the movie is Matthew Broderick tracks him down, and the scientist like designed he meets up with him. Well, anyway the guy that plays the got the part in the movie is just a regular british actor but they uh, i saw an article today that they revealed who the original person that was offered the role was you'll never guess who this was
1: no idea john lennon oh maybe i did see something about that was he yeah, was he actually going to do it
0: he was interested in it um they well, the 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 character itself was the was based on Stephen Hawking, you know, the famous scientist. Yeah. And they were going to – the guy who wrote it wanted him to play the role. And, of course, the studio was like, no, there's no way. We can't make that work. <laughs> um, but then the second person they thought of was John Lennon, and they had sent, like, an early version of the script to him, and he was interested in it. And then, of course, we, as we know, he got assassinated.
1: Yeah, shortly thereafter, I guess, right around that timeline.
0: Yeah, that was they like were in the process of casting when that happened.
1: Crazy. Yeah.
0: Interesting story, though. That's some 80s trivia I had no idea about.
1: No, that would have been a great one for Beat the Geek, but no, it's ruined. Or I could get, yeah, no, I'd fuck that save up. Save it for I? your opponent. Mm. They might not be listening to this episode.
0: Well, you know, Sammy Hagar and uh, John Lennon were good pals.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Hung out together all the time.
0: All all the time. They were like the odd couple.
1: We really respect Uh, each other a lot.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, Double fantasy just inspires and motivates Sammy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a real asshole mood today. Um, Did you know that Queen's song, Bohemian Rhapsody, originally was not called that?
1: No, I did not know that.
0: So according to an auction house that uh, has... A it's like a early draft of song ideas and stuff. Um, that's that Freddie Mercury had written. Uh, it was initially called Mongolian Rhapsody.
1: For real? Yep. Huh. It's so weird. I never understood what Bohemian Rhapsody even meant or what it had to do with the song. Did it say why they changed it?
0: No, I'm looking. I don't think it does. No, it's just it's got like this notepad and. He had written um, Mongolian Rhapsody and it shows where he crossed it out and then wrote Bohemian above it. Huh.
1: He so, probably found it on like a, a Chinese restaurant menu and said, hmm, Mongolian Rhapsody. I'm going to try that. That's a cool name. I wrote it down like, no, I can't steal it. So what if I change it to Bohemian? Yeah. Now I can write the most insane song of all time. Yep. I've got the title. Where do we go from here, Mamma Mia?
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure, he jotted that down when him and Sammy Hagar were hanging out. <laughs> Maybe he came up with the name Bohemian.
1: He totally did. Sammy Hagar took the pen and crossed out Mongolian, wrote Bohemian above it, and, and Freddie Mercury was like, "Sammy, I respect you so much." <laughs> Let's
0: see how long it takes before we drive this bit into the ground. We'll keep going.
1: It's there, man. I think it's there. <laughs>
0: Oh lord. Um do you ever watch America's Got Talent?
1: No, but this week I saw a lot of uh clips from it.
0: Yeah, so you know, I, I and actually our friend Roy Cathy from The Great Band the 5th who was at Rock and Pod and played at Killfest um w- was not none too pleased. Um, among a number of musicians that uh I know um Why? that Steel Panther showed up on America's Got Talent to do a quote unquote audition and um the the vast majority of, of response was these guys have already put out records they've already been signed they're well known why the fuck are they auditioning on here but uh to give ralph or michael Starr from steel panther credit he does kind of admit it when they come out there he's like we put records out yeah. but we want to get our our band out to other audiences to me i almost wonder if they paid to get on this show
1: maybe they're the only ones to thought to do it it's possible. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, these brilliant bastards, they're the only ones to ever think of being a band that's actually halfway well-known, but not worldly renowned, not you know top of the list. Mm-hmm. And get, a, get out there and give yourself an infomercial. Man, I freaking loved it. When I watched that back, man, it really made me smile. Because here's a band that looks and plays and sounds like Steel Panther. And they're up there rocking the style of music that I love. And I look out to the audience and everybody's on their feet. And everybody's pumping their fists and everybody's screaming. And I go, holy shit, you know. And the when it's all said and done, all four of the judges are on their feet. You know, and they're all having a good time. And Steel Panther puts on a hell of a performance. And it made me proud that I love this kind of music. And it made me happy to see that. When you present something like that to a mass audience, they love it. It just shows that they're not being exposed to it enough. Yeah. And so when something like that happens, it it almost put a little tear in my eye. The way the crowd was going freaking nuts for them, it was awesome.
0: Although I could definitely, you could tell the, um, you could tell there was some some editing magic going on with the swells of crowd noise and stuff. I mean, it was. The producers were really playing it up. Yeah. I mean, they definitely went over well.
1: Oh yeah, I, d- I don't dispute that. You can't edit in the people going nuts in the crowd, the whole arena.
0: I uh, ask Eddie Kramer about alive, but anyway,
1: um, no, I'm talking about visually. Oh, visually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they liked
0: them, but like there was parts where it's like you know they could tell they the guy had the fader for the audience and was like
1: up and down, yeah, up and down. Yeah, but, yeah, you could hear that.
0: And it was like, yeah, and like I hadn't watched this show. I bet I haven't watched America's Got Talent in like probably two or three years, and I was just like, man, that's just boy the, it's so contrived, but I, at the same time, it's a giant audience. it's on a network yeah. station, so and like you said, maybe some of the sour grapes from people, not saying Roy in particular, but wish I maybe thought of that. it's a little we should have t- thought of this idea
1: yeah, yep, yeah, I think so, yeah, you know you snooze, you lose. And Steel Panther took advantage of an easy marketing opportunity and did the most with it. And you know what? You should be happy for them and happy for all of us because if they can turn a bunch of people on to hard rock and metal music, that's more people that might discover your band and enjoy yeah. what you're doing. You know, it's, We got to all pulled together on this thing to keep this, keep this rock alive. I bet I know who gave them the idea, though. <laughs> so i was hanging out with steel panther the other day and uh you know i said to him i said you guys are great you know you, you what you do is so cool and unique and if you could just get that out to a mass audience i don't know have you ever thought about maybe applying to get on america's got talent or something you should do that And they listened to me and they said sammy hagar we respect you so much all yeah. right, that's dead. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it went. Um, uh.
0: <laughs> that uh, that's we'll be we'll be the ant we'll be the the opposite of rock and metal combat. We'll we'll just give Sammy credit for everything ever. Um, Bob Rock says that Jimmy Page and Jack White really really liked Metallica's "St.
1: Anger" album. That's a really weird thing to admit in public. You think Jimmy Page and Jack White are going to be mad at Bob Rock for saying that in in public?
0: I don't know, but Bob Rock was on Chris Jericho's Talk Is Jericho podcast, and uh, Jericho brought up Saint Anger, and he said said two guys in the whole world like told me they like that record. Jack White um, said, "By the way, I love Saint Anger; it's an amazing album." Uh, he told him this at a movie premiere, and then Jimmy Page was at the sunset marquee eating breakfast on the other side of the pool and somebody walked by and said i'm here to see bob rock and he said oh bob's here and he came over and talked to me which blew my mind and he said by the way i love saint anger it's a great album um what the hell the funny thing is is it was probably a prank hatched by uh, sammy hagar
1: i was so i was hanging out with jimmy page and jack white the other day i said hey guys you know it'd be really really fucking funny <laughs> If you go up to Bob Rock over there and tell him how awesome St. Anger was. <laughs> and we laughed and we laughed. And those guys, they both looked at me and said, Sam Hagar, we respect you so much. <laughs> we're going to get in trouble. Everyone's going to hate us. <laughs> we, I can't stop, though. It's funny.
0: <laughs> we're, never, we're never getting that Cabo Wabo tequila sponsorship, though. That's out the window. Yeah,
1: no. We lost that a long time ago. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs>
0: Um, I don't know if there's really any read other than just to read the headline. Scott Rockenfield's lawsuit against Queensryche is going ahead, and it starts in January. Any thoughts on uh, him suing the band?
1: I actually read a little bit of that earlier, and it sounds like to me that based on what's presented there, I don't know, Scott Rockenfield might be in a little bit of trouble over all yeah. this because it, it doesn't sound like he held up to his end of the bargain. I think he –
0: and I think he's got a screw loose too. Um, yeah. The, he's done some really odd stuff lately. Did you hear about that web store that he opened with Queensryche merchandise? No. <laughs> <laughs> he like slap. it's like – do you remember back uh, – they don't – I don't know if it's even around. you remember like Cafe Press where you could get your logo and like Cafe Press would take your logo and then they would mock up – merchandise uh, with your logo on, like, everything imaginable. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, bands used to use it all the time. Um, He's doing that um, on some website. And it's like, you know, if you want a dog dish with the Queensryche logo on it, he's selling it. If you want, um, I mean, anything you can imagine with that Trident logo is on there. Wow.
1: (laughs) Outside of the band, he's not... He's doing
0: it on his own.
1: Huh. Yeah, that's a weird situation there, man. Queensryche's always been a drama-filled band. Maybe that's why I don't get into them so much, because like, there's certain bands I can't get into, like you two, because I feel like they're so pretentious. And like, they're so full of drama.
0: There's a lot more drama with them than you would have ever thought back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. Because they always seemed like such a studious, serious band, you know? Like a... They seemed like very serious guys and then but then it's been a menagerie of you know jeff tate spitting in a guy's face and you know pulling a knife on somebody and then Rockinfield losing his mind and although they were great when i saw them uh, at brooklyn bowl a few weeks ago yeah yeah great show
1: yeah i don't know that's weird that whole queensrike thing it should be I guess interesting to see how it turns out. We'll talk about it in the future, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: and Jeff Tate's doing his uh, autobiography, but I didn't put it on the list because I know that 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 uh, Baco and LC are going to crush that topic on their show.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, do you want to get to your segment?
1: Um, yeah, but before we do, I thought you know we just did a Friday Night Live, and maybe some people didn't catch it maybe you want to kind of as a part of the news update everybody about rock and pod.
0: Oh yeah. I guess I should do it on the regular podcast yeah, shouldn't night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mentioned it on Friday night live, but, and I put a little statement out on all the social media, but I'll, I'll just sum it up real quick here. I'm still involved with rock and pod, rock and pod is going to continue. Um, there is a date and a venue that are 99% there. We just got to make sure the contract gets signed before we put it out. Um, it's going to continue, but, and I'll still be involved as a consultant. I'll be helping on the creative side with graphics and yeah, announcements and stuff like that. But uh, I'm not going to be the guy running it anymore. Um, after six years of doing it, it uh, it takes a toll on a person, and um, I never got into it to be a business guy. I just wanted to see it succeed and and grow legs enough to where it could continue without me being the guy doing it because I got – I got a real life I want to live, too. I got trips I want to take. I want to focus on Decibel Geek more again. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to do with my time. So uh, I wanted to hand it off to somebody capable and that I knew would get the job done and b- that also gets the spirit of it. And Tracy McAndrew, who has been with us since day one, she was there the first year, and her role has Im- increased every year You know, since that first year. And it just made sense to, to to hand the reins over to her, and she's ready and willing to take it on. And I'll obviously be helping, consult, and and you know, shepherd through this first year with her running it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking a back seat, and uh, I hope to uh, enjoy it as a a normal person this next year.
1: That's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, and you know, as always with GeekWire, if you need Rockin Pod news. You'll hear it here first.
0: Yeah, because I mean I'm going to hear everything before anyone anyway, <laughs> and um, and actually it's good that we're doing this now because after I made the announcement on Friday and I put the statements out on social media, I just want to thank thanks to everyone with all the the well wishes and and the kind things you've said about you know how i've done up to this point and the congratulations on on getting you know to the next chapter so yeah. um that meant a lot so uh, it, it it's very much appreciated and and also your support of Tracy going forward means a lot i was i was happy to see that that was unanimous that people were excited about that
1: yeah 100% so there you go. Look forward to that, and Pod 2024, an announcement of a venue and a date coming real soon. That's going to give you plenty of time to get it together, to take your vacation and come to Nashville and spend a weekend with us and a bunch of cool rock stars and all your favorite rock music podcasts and a bunch of up-and-coming awesome bands and all the great things that come with and Pod. You'll hear it here first, as always, on GeekWire.
0: And everyone all over the years that had said they were going to buy me a drink at Rockin' Pod and I had to beg off because I was too busy, well, now's your chance to come through with
1: that. Heck yeah, we are holding <laughs> you to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to have no liver left by the end of that weekend.
1: Oh, man, we're going to fall out of our booth. For sure. Okay, yeah, that's awesome, man. Always looking forward to Rockin' Pod, this is exciting news going forward. So let's look at what's going on in the present in the past, and in the future. So right now, let's look at the present and do some rock star birthdays. Oh yeah, my favorite time of year. Every day that it's somebody's birthday. And we got a lot of cool ones this time around. Let's see, last time when we were up in Indianapolis, I kind of realized looking back on these lists, I went a little further than I should have. So we're going to keep these ones sort of short and sweet. Got some rock star birthdays celebrating birthday on the 11th. Will be the longtime drummer for ZZ Top, the one and only Frank Beard, turning 74 this year. Another legendary drummer celebrating a birthday the very next day from Cheap Trick, Bunny Carlos. Now, you know, Frank Beard is turning 74. Who's older, Frank Beard or Bunny Carlos? Probably Frank Beard. Got him by two years. Bunny Carlos turning 72 this year. Also celebrating a birthday on the 12th, our good friend of the Be Cool or Be Cast Out podcast, Al Horta, celebrating a birthday on the 12th. I did say that, right? right? You did? Oh, I nice. So. Well, yeah. Unless I've got it wrong. As a, that's a long name, but it makes sense when you read it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Al Horta is a cool dude, been a friend of ours for a long time. Check out his show and wish him a happy birthday on the 12th. Uh, celebrating a birthday on the 13th, turning 53 this year, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Nice. 53. Uh, same day, Robbie Merrill from Godsmack, turning 60. Uh, here's an old timer right here, Rod Argent. We talked about him with, what, the Zombies and Argent Band. And, yeah, man, that guy still puts out music to this day. And he's turning 78 on the 14th. Wow. Legendary rock guitarist Brad Gillis celebrating a birthday on the 15th, turning 66. That guy's done a ton of stuff. Uh, Our awesome friend Andy Lafon celebrating a birthday on the 18th. Happy birthday, Andy.
0: we got to hang out with that guy soon. He lives in our town and we never see him. I
1: know. It's like he just disappeared. Where'd he go? We miss you, Andy. Got to get the Packers back to town. Then he can invite me to a game again, or maybe the Chiefs. That was one of the most fun times I've had since moving to Nashville all those years ago, was attending the football game between the Titans and the Packers with our friend Andy LaFon, even though the Packers got their asses beat that day. He's told me the story. (laughs) Oh, man. You'll never hear a sadder cheesehead than myself that day. I'm all buzzed walking into the place because they're playing Stevie Rochelle's Cheeseheads with Attitude out in the parking lot. I'm like, hell yeah. And by cheese, shortly into the game, everybody's on their feet except for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting there looking real sad in my cheese cowboy hat. You still look festive, though. Yeah, I sure did. A lot of people asked to have their picture taken with me that day. (laughs) I have
0: no (laughs) doubts.
1: All right. Happy birthday, Andy. Celebrating a birthday that same day on the 18th. Keyboardist from Guns N' Roses for a long time now. Dizzy Reed turning 60. Let's see who else. On the 19th, Ann Wilson from Hart turned 73. Uh, Oh, former guest of the show and a super awesome dude brian head welch from corn turning 53 on the 19th and let's see let's do two more our awesome friend been an awesome awesome friend of ours for so long every rock and pot he's at is awesome because he's there and he's hanging out with us and he i think he's been at every one of them talk about the one and only d hud david hudson celebrating a birthday on the 19th speaking of him i'll uh I'll give a plug
0: to our friend Baco because he brought back the Whatever, Nevermind series of shows and All right had D HUD on to talk Allison Shane's sap. It was really good.
1: Nice. That's cool. Hey, I'm glad Baco brought that back. That thing was pretty cool. Yeah. And of course, D HUD, if you love the Black Crows, he does the show. Yes, there is a podcast entirely dedicated to the Black Crows run by our awesome friend D HUD. Fuck, what's the name of it? State of America. State of America. What an awesome name. Sounds just like the album. It makes sense, right? Black Crows fans, check it out. State of America podcast. And finally, celebrating a birthday on the 20th. He used to be the bassist in one of the coolest bands in the world. Michael Anthony, turning 69 this year. Wow. What's he up to now? Just hanging out with Sammy Hagar, huh? Yeah, just like everybody else. Hmm. Well, shit.
0: They're like the odd couple. (laughs) 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 Anybody hanging out with Sammy Hagar automatically makes it the odd
1: couple. Just saying. Makes sense when you put it like that. All right. Those are your rock star birthdays. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have great ones. Let's see what's next. Yes, people, we got to remember coming up. You know what? Not too bad this time. Not too bad of a list. You know, some bummers on here, but not that big this time. I like that. All right, well, let's start off on the 22nd because I did kind of go ahead a little bit last time. Yeah, we'll jump up to the 22nd. We lost him back in 2018. Vinny Paul from Pantera. Damage plan. Hell yeah. Passed away back in 2018 at the age of 54 due to a heart attack. He had played his last show just five days before he passed away, and now he's buried next to Dime in Arlington, Texas. Wow. You know, they had to put a fence around that thing because people wanted to hang out and party by it and wreck it up and shit.
0: Yeah, people can't fucking be respectful.
1: Yeah. I can understand wanting to have a beer right there or maybe a black tooth grin. Well,
0: have one, but don't like make a mess. But then
1: don't <laughs> smash the bottle on the tombstones and all that right. bullshit. But you know, people ruin it for everybody. I'd love if I mean, if I was ever in Arlington, Texas, I would certainly go. Oh sure, I would certainly go. That'd be like top of the itinerary for me. But I wouldn't be doing no bullshit. Rest in peace, Vinnie Paul, one of the most awesome drummers that ever did it. It's gonna be missed for a long time and always remembered. We want to remember on June 26th, passed away back in 2021 at the age of 55, best known for replacing Sebastian Bach in Skid Row in 1999. I'm talking about Johnny Solinger. Guy had liver failure. It wasn't wasn't pretty at the end for him. It was really kind of a bummer to see him kind of fade out the way he did. He appeared on four Skid Row albums, from his time from 1999 to 2015 and i feel like a lot of that stuff's pretty underrated and johnny solinger was a hell of a singer
0: i got i finally got into thick skin later on i didn't want to like like him at first because i was so into sebastian but 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 eventually that album clicked for me but can i derail things for just a second mentioning uh skid row yeah so Stevie posted this on the Metal Sludge Gossip Board, and um, I just now got around to watching it. But it's like somebody uploaded... It's the video of Skid Row's last show with Sebastian, and I think it was the Rock and Rio uh, show in, like, 96. Yeah. Man, is it bad. It's um, it's really awkward to watch. And Sebastian's voice is, like, already blown out. And I, I, I heard that Sebastian wrote in his book that... His voice was already not doing well that week, and, you know, it's 96, so Skid Row is about as out of fashion as as you can get at that time. And Sebastian still looks like the rocker guy. He's still wearing, like, a silk shirt and, like, white snakeskin cowboy boots. And the rest of the band, like, they look like either grunge or punk rock guys. They're trying to dress down. Yeah. So it's a strange look, and then the crowd is just giving them nothing. And which, you know, Sebastian, you know, that bothered him. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> they get to the end and uh, they're getting ready to intro Youth Gone Wild in the show. And uh, Sebastian goes, this is the last one. You should be happy. <laughs> it was, it's so awkward to watch. But yeah, that was, it's on YouTube. It's the, the very last show they played with Sebastian. And boy, talk about going out with a whimper. Dang, that sucks. I hate to hear it like that. And it's like 50,000 people, too.
1: Yeah, Skid Row was one of them bands, man. They could have survived it. They were good enough. Like, even the the super metal fans still liked Skid Row, I think. Yeah. But it was Sebastian Bach that was the anchor that held them from making the transition to be able to continue success like few bands did. But a few of them did it.
0: Right. Well, he was just so identifiable to that time. Yeah. So it's... It's not his fault. It's just the way culture went.
1: Right. So true. So you want to remember Johnny Solinger. I'm telling you, give that Skid Row a chance, the stuff that he sang on. It's, there's four albums, it's, it's all pretty good. Uh, then on the 27th, passed away back in 2002 at the age of 57. The Ox, John Entwistle. The greatest way to go out. I'm telling you. <laughs> we, like we talk about, like uh, Kevin Dubrow. Or Mr. Perfect. Those are always my two guys that I use as an analogy of why I don't do cocaine anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And what I feel is too advanced of an age to be messing with stuff like that. And you think, you know, these guys, they they gave it up for a long time. Then one night it presented itself and they thought, ah, what the hell? And then boom, they're dead. Not the Ox. The Ox never really gave it up at all. Nope. He... Lived the rock star life from the time that it was given to him to the time that he lost it in death. This guy is still drinking, still smoking, still doing drugs. As a matter of fact, he's found dead in a hotel room with cocaine and a stripper while on tour with the Who in 2002 at the age of 57. Total pimp, pimp way to go out. God bless the ox. <laughs> I'm sure for his family, it was super
0: sad, but yeah, as a rock and roll right. fan, it's like,
1: fuck yeah. Yeah, you right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one's similar, but not really. Passed away on the 28th, back in 1993, at the age of 36. Probably the most insane person ever to play any kind of music ever, G.G. Allen. Oh, boy. Final show at the Manhattan Club ends after three songs, which is pretty much par for the course for any G.G. Yeah. Allen concerts because by the third song in, everybody's going, holy shit, shut this down. Yep, every show. Because he was nuts, and he would cut himself up. He'd even poop on the stage sometimes, yep. throw it at people, smear it on himself. Yeah, end the show. It's brilliant if you, if you're getting paid at the end of it, but I don't think he was.
0: Well, and if you watch the documentary Gigi Allen hated, you can you can see that show.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's, that, that that have you seen that
1: documentary? I think so. A while back,
0: it was it's, and it's made by Todd Phillips, who wound up being the director of the movie The Hangover, the Hangover series, and it it was his college project was making that documentary. Wow, and yeah, I'll watch um, that again. Did you know I had a, I had an opportunity to go see G.G. Allen on that last tour of his, too. Really? Yeah. He played here um, in Nashville? He played here in Nashville. And it was not even a real music venue. It was, um, I can't remember the name of the, it was a place that was, it was just an event space that you could, like, rent out for, for parties and stuff. Wow. But it was just a shithole venue. Wow. And, I knew it because I had a f- couple of friends in bands that had rented it and used it for shows. Like, this place couldn't hold any more than like 40 people. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it
0: was just a little room.
1: I don't know if I want to be in the same room with Gigi Allen if it's that small. <laughs> well, why do you think
0: I didn't go? Because <laughs> I, I was, well, I knew who he was. and I knew, you know, everyone that was in, that knew, at least knew punk rock a little bit, knew about Gigi Allen and knew what he was known for. Right. And. But I had two friends that were like, "Gigi's playing at whatever the name of this. I can't remember the name of the place, but um, it was like Allen House or something like that. Um, he's playing downtown, and I was like, yeah. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna go. Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "No, I don't want to have, you know, shit flung at me, <laughs> and I don't want to see his micro penis. I mean, like he would walk around naked all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah." And I was just like, "No, I don't want to." Do-. And then, like a year, I think it was a year later that the the hated documentary came out, and um. But, yeah, but two of my friends did go to the show here. Wow. That's, and they, they said it lasted all of, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's one of the things that's like, hey, you want to go see a band tonight? Sure. You know, what band? Oh, it's GGL. Allen. I'm like, oh, man, well, okay. No, hey, I got to let you know before we go, you might get some poop on you. Right. Like, uh, I don't think I want to go to a show like that. But, yeah, he was nuts. So after this show in Manhattan ends after, like, three songs, He just walks out with the rest of the crowd, and he leaves with a bunch of fans and hooks up with some of his buddies. He goes to a party, sits down, overdoses. The party continues on around him while he's sitting there dead. And then sometime later or the next morning, they're like, Hey, Gigi, hey, hey, holy shit, he's cold. And that was the end of Gigi Allen. After he threatened to kill himself on stage live, on Halloween night several years in a row but it never worked out because he was always in prison. (laughs) What a mess. Ends up ODing at a party. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. You might be grossed out by it but it's a pretty interesting watch that hated movie. Yeah. Definitely something weird to check out and you will know why Gigi Allen is the most insane person ever to play in rock and roll. And I guess finally let's Finish this one up on the same day in 2010, the 28th. We want to remember legendary manager Bill O'Coin passed away. You know, pretty well known Mm. for Kiss, but man, he also managed Billy Idol, Man of War, Stars, Tantric, Crossbreed, New England, and Flip, amongst many, many others. He had uh, some complications during cancer surgery and didn't make it through. But man, his legend lives on, and I'm always reminded of it. Every time at Rock Pod when I've got the opportunity to sign the petition to get Bill Coyne into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mhm. I think he deserves it. I mean, he is legendary, no doubt about it. You disagree? You there?
0: Oh, no, I I agree. I'm sorry, my brain kind of went blank for a second. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that Gigi Allen um
1: movie. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> I don't like to think about it. But, yeah, awesome. Those are the people you want to remember this week. Crank some Pantera. Give some of that Skid Row after Sebastian Bach a chance. You know, you got to love the Ox. You got to love the Who. There's plenty of great Who over the years. I would never recommend anybody listen to Gigi Allen because it's pretty all horrible.
0: (laughs) Although the song uh, Bite It You Suck is, is okay.
1: Yeah, right. I like that one. But... You know, at your own peril. Why didn't you scum? Why didn't you is? scum? Yeah, his, he always had scum and scumfuck were the themes of his songs. That's yeah. that's what he was. He was a scumfuck. I'm not a I'm not a well-versed
0: GG G. G. Allen fan. You'll have to forgive
1: me. Well, you know like Kiss Kiss had the Kiss Army. G, G. Allen had the scumfucks. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's no joke. It's real. We warned you if you check it out. But uh yeah. It's always a good thing to remember these folks because once they're gone, they're gone. We'll never truly have Pantera back, even though you know there's the thing going on that celebrates the music of the band, which is cool. But they're gone. Johnny Solinger, I always have got my eyes open for like the band that he was in before he was in Skid Row. It was called Solinger, mm-hmm. and I'm told they were pretty big in Texas. Released some albums that were really good. I've always wanted to check that stuff out, but I've never found any. So, those are the people you want to remember this week. And now for a look to the future albums coming our way. So, I missed this one last time, so I'm going to throw it in there because it's still pretty timely. Uh, coming out, or recently has come out on the 9th, Ray Adler's got an album out. It's called Two. You know, Ray Adler, longtime vocalist for Fate's Warning. This mm-hmm. is his second solo album. Follow up to 2019's What the Water Wants and Faith Warning's 2020 album Long Day Goodnight. So Ray Adler, pretty active, you know, with solo music and the stuff with Faith's Warning. This one's called 2. It comes out on Inside Out Records on the 9th. So then the rest of this is all coming out on the 16th. Got a bunch of albums coming that day. It's pretty cool ones, too. First one I've got on here coming out on the 16th is the latest album from Creeping Death. If you guys like the heavy stuff, I know you got to dig Creeping Death. They got an album coming out called Boundless Domain. They've released a bunch of singles and EPs since 2015, but this is their second full-length studio album. They're on a U.S. tour right now that's going all over the place and even ends up here in Nashville at the Eastside Bowl on the 19th of July. So if you want a night of headbanging and heavy metal, go see Creeping Death, because they're probably coming somewhere near you. They're going all over the place. And that new album coming out on the 16th, Boundless Domain. Another band coming out with something on the 16th, the Drive-By Truckers. They're kind of a rock, country, mix sort of band. They've got a special re-release of the 2024 album, The Dirty South, coming out on the 16th, called Complete Dirty South. It's got all the songs on it, including all the songs that bring it up to its original intended 17 songs. So it didn't have that many. I think there was three songs that got cut They're on here. And also, they've got new versions of some of these classic songs with updated lyrics on it. So I don't know how that works. I guess if you're a political band... Things change sometimes. Mm. So then you got to go back and update your lyrics. I don't know. (laughs) But the Drive-By Truckers are pretty cool. They're one of my favorite country bands. But they still do rock songs, which is, those are pretty good too. So if you're Mm -hmm. into them, that's one of their best albums, The Dirty South. So this is the complete Dirty South. And I'm going to be looking into that. I bet you it's pretty cool. Also on the 16th, we got Joel Hoekstra's 13 coming out with a new album called Crash of Life. If you don't know Joel Holkstra, you probably do. He's played with White Snake, currently playing with White Snake, Trans Siberian Orchestra, Night Ranger, all kinds of stuff. He's a killer guitar player. This band, 13, has got Vinny Apiece in it. It's got Derek Sherinian on keyboards and Doug Franklin on bass. So, I mean, hell yeah. And then, Chris, you're going to be especially interested in this because the new album has got Gearish from Gears in the Chronicles on lead vocals. Nice. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this. Coming out on the 16th on Frontiers Records, I got a feeling that one's going to be a surpriser. I I think, without even hearing it, on paper, I believe we're going to see that album at the end of the year in our top albums. Nice. Here's another one I'm going to predict is going to be there, probably especially for me, because this is one of my all-time favorite bands. I'm talking about Queens of the Stone Age. It's funny how sometimes we do Geek Wire and then say, oh man, it'd be cool if this happened. And then like the next day, it happens. You go, well shit, we were just talking about that yesterday. Now we're releasing it and we already have the answer. And it sounds dumb, but that's the way it goes sometimes. That happened with something else recently. I can't think of what. But yes, we did find out. The answer to the question, does Queens of the Stone Age have new music coming our way? Yes, they do. Coming out on the 16th, the new one from Queens of the Stone Age. It's called In Times New Roman, and it's their eighth studio album. It's the first new one in like six years, man. Mm. I've been waiting a long time for this. The last one was killer, but... I like all the Queens of the Stone Age albums. Like I'm telling you, they're they're a top 10 band for me, for sure.
0: I've I've heard at least I know I've heard at least two songs off of it.
1: Yeah, they got two songs released already. I like them both. I think they're great. Yeah. A lot of speculation on who appears on this album. Nothing has really been leaked as far as information on who plays on it. Some of the speculation says Billy Gibbons is on there and Dave Grohl's on there. But I guess we'll have to wait till the 16th to get all the information. That one's coming out on Matador Records and hell yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Are any of these albums ones that you plan on buying? Let us know in the comment section what you're looking forward to. So there you have it. Happy birthday to all the rock stars. Big remembrance to all the ones we've lost already. That's why you gotta cherish what we got because it ain't gonna be around forever. Love it while you got it and support the future of rock by getting these new albums by these great bands that are coming out right now.
0: Right on. All right. we've got a few stories left. Let's get into these. Um, Gene Simmons on Kiss's final shows. Uh, He, during an appearance earlier on June 4th on Australia's the Sunday project, Gene Simmons discussed this band's decision to end its career with two back-to-back shows at Madison square garden. He said in part, well, look a certain, at a certain point, mother nature takes over no matter what your plans are. And at a certain time, You've got to have the dignity and pride, but also the love and admiration of your fans to know when it's time to call it quits. (sighs) Is this interview from 2003? No, this is new.
1: I just, you know, we talked about this last time. I almost hate talking about KISS anymore. So I was telling you earlier, I got the message from my friend saying, hey, KISS is coming and playing in Wisconsin. And again, I get the conflict. Do I say, oh, that's that's bullshit, don't do it? Do I say, you know, last chance to see him in Wisconsin ever, most likely, go have fun? But in the conversation, I go, you know, I'm just not as big a KISS fan as I used to be. Mm -hmm. And dude's like, what? And I said, yeah, you know, well, I ended up listening to a few grievances that I had. And in the end, I said, (laughs) and they should have retired a long fucking time ago. He comes back with, I can't believe what I'm hearing. There was a time that you would have beat somebody's ass for saying that shit to you. <laughs> there was a time where
0: Kiss was worth be feeling that way, too.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I did. I fought for Kiss. I did, too. But it's, it's not. Uh, that's what makes it hurt, I think. But then I come to a term of understanding with this because I got to look at it from another way. If you look at it, not from the KISS fan point of view, but from the business point of view, the money-making point of view, you go, fucking awesome. The same way that when Tommy Thayer was brought into the band, everyone said, that's bullshit. You put him in Ace Frehley's makeup. That's sacrilege. That's bullshit. And then somebody said, well, if you had the skills and were offered the opportunity, would you do it? And the answer is always, fuck yeah, I'd do it.
0: Sure. (laughs) No, from a business perspective, I mean, what they're doing makes complete sense. They've laughed all the way to the bank. But if you're a fan, uh, you don't really care about their business acumen.
1: No, but, I mean, if you look at it from that, if you do look at it from that way, then you can say, you know what, Kiss, good on you. You know, you're really getting it. You know, you're getting that money. That's what it's all about. you got to make that money, Kiss. And you get out there and get it. Um, if you can do that, then you're okay with all this. And then you say, you know what? If people go see you, that's great. You know, you guys should make as much money as you possibly can. Am I going to go see it? No. You don't expect me to go see it. I mean, I'm a real Kiss fan. You guys would be like, no, we don't expect you, real Kiss fans, to show up. This is just a money grab at the end. They should come out and say that.
0: <laughs> I wish they, I would have way more respect for them if they did. But, I would have
1: um, a ton of respect for it that's the way you got to look at it they're winking at us because we're the real kiss fans and we know we're not going to them shows they're not for us that's for our boys to make that money Mm -hmm. on the way out off all the suckers that don't know no better
0: (laughs) yeah that would be pretty bad business um but i mean it's no i think they have total contempt for their fans to be honest with you I, i don't think paul's been proud of being in kiss for 20 years
1: Come on. Gene Simmons even says in that very same interview that if it weren't for the fans, he'd be dipping fries and flipping burgers.
0: I think Gene is more genuine about that stuff than Paul is. I don't I don't think Paul I think Paul is too snobby for his own band, but he's always chased like that whole credibility factor. You know, it's. He wants to be viewed on the same level as Mick Jagger, David Bowie. He he want, he he thinks he should be in that. Even he thinks he should be in the the same type of cool factor conversation as Dave Grohl. And I'm sorry, you're still you're still. And I'm a Kiss fan, but all but like when you when you agree to put on clown makeup, a star over your eye, and sell lunchboxes, um, you're not going to ever be viewed in that light. But who
1: cares? He, the, I don't, but he clearly does. Yeah, I don't think he should. <laughs> who cares about that? Be happy for what you got. A lot of awesome fans that will look aside at, when you're at your worst and not call you out on it. Not us. We do well, it.
0: I, I, I agree. You're preaching in the choir, but Paul is always vied to be that type of cool guy. And it's like, just be happy with who you are. But there are, there's also part of me that thinks like, They struggled through the eighties and you know how bad things got for them financially in the eighties and early nineties. But like to you and me, we love those years. We, but also that's when we were growing up. So of course we're going to love that more, but to them that that was them coming down off the highs. So I almost wonder if the fact that they keep going, it's just like it got ingrained in their, in their mind of, I will never go back to being in that bad of a position.
1: Well, that's how you hear about like hoarders sometimes. Hoarders, a lot of times, I bring this up because my wife watches the TV show, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times with them, what it is is that they've experienced extreme poverty at some point in their life. And then from there, it only enables their hoarding nature because they're afraid to not have stuff because in one time in their life, they didn't have nothing. So it causes them to hoard. I mean, it's that way with money too, I gotta imagine. I think some of it is
0: like, and everyone, it's all, kiss is always good for a whole money joke, but I do think what you're saying is part, is a real part of why it's taken this long for them to hang it up. They don't know how to live life any other way.
1: Yeah. Well, now Gene can finally chase that acting career he's always wanted. Now he can, he's older, he can play a distinguished gentleman or an old mob boss. Or something. Paul Stanley can just do all his paintings and his silly stool station. Oh. I don't know. I'm more excited to see what Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer are going to end up doing, to be honest.
0: I think they're going to hang out with Sammy Hagar. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And why wouldn't they? Well, I mean, he's got quite a track record.
1: So the other day, I was hanging out with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, and I said, "Hey guys, remember that time I talked Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley into hiring you both?" <laughs> oh, it's that motherfucker's fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Sammy Hagar, you ruined Kiss.
0: All respect to Tommy and Eric. I like those guys.
1: No, I ain't got no problem with them. Again, <laughs> if you, if if it was me and I had the skills, and somebody said, "Hey." Would you take that gig? you damn right I would. No. In the face of all the hell that I would get, I would still take the gig. And I think any KISS fan would say the same. Deep down. No, I'd turn it down. I'd look Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley in their beady eyes, and I'd say, hell no, I'm not doing that. You either give me my own makeup or I'm out of here. I would never disparage the good name of the original one and true only spaceman, Ace Fraley. What do you say to that?
0: My, my only condition would
1: have been that I would have to wear the onk. Yeah. <laughs> and then purposefully act like an idiot. Yeah. Well, that, that comes naturally. I'm in character. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you missed Friday Night Live, we had dedicated an entire segment to that goofball
0: yeah that was uh yeah go back and watch that on on replay um uh Philip Anselmo back in the news over his uh racial
1: I- ideology yeah when he's o- in the news over that that's usually not good
0: well this is a different version of that um apparently yeah Pantera was playing where is it they were playing they were playing in Bulgaria and uh somebody in the crowd hung uh, was holding up a flag that said white power on it trying to get his attention. And uh, Phil stopped the show and said, Sophia, I got to say this, incredible audience. One more thing. There's a person over there holding up this sign trying to ruin the fucking show. I disavow. I disavow the fucking flag. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous, man. Keep politics out of shit. It's boring. So uh, good on Phil for doing that.
1: Yep. He said, finally, here's my opportunity.
0: In other news, Philip Anselmo has quit drinking white wine. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> he might have been saluting that shit otherwise. Yeah, his views on racism, we still don't know. That's always just the, just the dumbest thing in the world to me, is to be somebody who says, I'm proud of the color of my skin. Because my thought is always like, okay, what did you do to earn it? And nobody did anything to earn the color. Came out of a cross. Yeah, you didn't do anything to earn the color of your skin. You just, it's random. Luck of the draw, whatever, however you want to call it. Everybody's skin, you, you didn't earn it. That's nothing to be proud of. You'd be proud of things that you've accomplished, you know, things that are important, you know, things that you've earned. I don't know. That's just the way I've always seen it. I mean, you can't have pride in your skin color because you didn't earn it. It was just given to you.
0: That's right. I mean, even Sammy Hagar had no choice in what his skin color was going to be.
1: Even Sammy Hagar. If anybody would have had a choice, you'd have thought it'd been him, but no,
0: this is the weirdest geek wire we've ever done. Um, more stuff about Nikki saying, Mick Mars attorney saying that Motley doesn't play live is literally, literally one of the funniest things. My take on that is so is uh, somebody believing that someone took heroin for several years and kept a diary.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just my thoughts. I only smoke weed, and I don't keep a diary. Yeah,
0: I mean, even a a pothead can't do that.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know about all that anymore. That's, again, another band. It's like I'm getting sick of talking about some of these bands. It's just the same old bullshit over and over again.
0: Yeah, some uh, sometimes when I add to this list, I'm like, do I really want to talk about this again?
1: That's like the whole thing that came out about Nikki Six not playing, thinking maybe he didn't play bass on the first four Motley Crue albums. That's such
0: a nothing story.
1: Totally nothing story, <laughs> because by the end of it, it ends up like, no, that's not the case at all. I hate the news. He was being sarcastic, and everyone ran with it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although it it was
0: funny that Bob Rock backtracked and put out like the most PR-friendly retraction after uh, after the interview came out. That was the entertaining part of it.
1: Well, and I suppose because everybody took it out of context. Now at that point, you pretty much have to set the record straight.
0: Yeah, but he puts out a statement that's like, "Nikki is one of the most talented and innovative bass players
1: I've ever worked." I'm like, you can't be, you can't be serious. Because his phone rang, and Nikki Six was like, motherfucker. He's like, no, no, that's not how I said it. That's not, they're taking it out of context. Well, here's what you're going to do, Bob Rock. You're going (laughs) to fucking write a letter, and you're going to put in that letter. As a matter of fact, I've already written the letter. Here you go. Release it. I'm emailing it to you right now. Yep. Uh, Don't forget, I'm one of the most greatest innovative bass players (laughs) of all time. But that's all in the letter I've written for you. But here you go. Release that shit right now.
0: Yeah, I, I was I was picturing a gun being pointed at Bob's head when yeah. he made that statement. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, yeah, um, ah, Motley Crew—that's yeah, that, been talked to the ground. Um, Geezer Butler's putting out an autobiography and says he doesn't have a co-writer. Hmm. Um, although that's why such a thing as ghost writers exist. But uh, we'll see.
1: That's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I would love to read Geezer Butler's book. You know, is, is this the? I, I guess it's the first one he's done, huh?
0: It is. And they were asking him in the article about, like, well, do you have enough? Do you, do you think you'll do a part two? And he's like, well, no. He's like, I had to I had to cut out so many things from this first one that are not allowed to be in a book. Oh. Then there's probably not enough for a volume two. And then I'm kind of like, well, shit. there's not going to be anything juicy in this first volume. Well,
1: I mean, man, it's got to be some crazy stuff. Because think about, like, Dick Wagner's book. Yeah, There's a lot of banging going on in that book.
0: Uh, I was thumbing through that the other day, actually.
1: So, I mean, in 2023, how vile does it have to be to not be able to be included in the book unless it's things like, uh, hey, if this ever gets out, Ozzy will never speak to you again kind of stuff, or Tony will never, ever speak to you again if this story comes out.
0: I bet it's simpler than that. It's more of it has to be something you can prove, and it, and it's probably more of a publisher just wanting to avoid lawsuits.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I'd be like yeah. that's insane. But if you say that, that person could come back and sue us.
0: Well, what it is is the publisher, and they're probably right. They probably know that a geezer butler autobiography, the sales are not going to spike by some salacious thing about Ozzy because the same crowd is going to buy it no matter what he says.
1: Right. And anybody reading some clickbait thing about it isn't going to then go, oh, I've read this article. Now I should go buy the book and read the rest of it.
0: He's not well known enough in pop culture for it to make a difference. And the only reason I'm saying that, like, I really know what I'm talking about is I used to work in publishing. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, that, if he said anything salacious, he would have to be a bigger name on his own for it to make any difference in how much how much it sells. Yeah. And they want to avoid lawyers coming after him.
1: Well, I'm sure there's still some pretty insane stories about himself in it in, at any rate.
0: I'm sure there is. I mean the amount of coke that guy did is crazy. Yeah. Um, Deep Purple's Roger Glover. Uh rules out one final reunion with Richie Blackmore and says, quote, why on earth would we do that? <laughs> there was a uh, quote, or there was a rumor going around a few weeks ago. I think we covered yeah, it Yeah, we talked here, about that. It, that they were going to do like a final run with Blackmore back in the band. And I even think we were like, there's no chance of that. No. Nah. And yeah, he's not one. He, they, they'll never work with that guy again. It's There's no way.
1: So let me ask you this then. If Deep Purple rolls through, and they're playing a show in Nashville, as as they do right now with their current lineup, would you go see it versus if they rolled through with Richie Blackmore in the band? Would would it make a difference to you? Would you pass on the one but definitely go to the other?
0: Oh, yeah. I'd see him with Blackmore,
1: sure. I totally would see him with Blackmore, too. I'd be excited to see him with Blackmore. If Deep Purple announced a tour with richie blackmore and took it through europe took it through the united states australia south america they'd make bank they really would well, i think people would be excited for it i know i would be super excited for that
0: it, it would do well and i mean that, that, they wouldn't be playing stadiums but they could they would they could do an arena tour with a strong opener boy i bet you sure.
1: i bet you in some countries they'd be playing arenas
0: in europe they would play
1: stadiums. yeah and i think in south america yeah. too yeah.
0: No, yeah, totally. I'm just talking about America. In
1: America? Uh,
0: it, it would be an arena show. Yeah. And it would have to also have a strong opener with it.
1: But, man, if they rolled through with Richie Blackmore. Oh,
0: yeah, I'd be there in a second. Give study. me a
1: ticket. I'm there.
0: Yeah, and, I, and it would be more, I mean, obviously, I think Richie would play well. I wouldn't expect Magic, though. I think it would just be more of the novelty of seeing them on stage together.
1: I mean, they're all still doing it.
0: I know, but I don't know. Ian Ian doesn't sound that great anymore. I think the vocals will be pretty bad.
1: You always bag on him. Why don't you leave Ian Gillen alone?
0: Why do you get so upset about it? Are you like Ian Gillen's like representative or something?
1: I just don't think it's fair because you're always bagging on that guy, and I think he's awesome.
0: Well, I'm glad you think he's awesome. I don't <laughs> have to think he's awesome. I just I've never liked his
1: voice. Why don't you go back to picking on Sammy Hagar? At least that's funny.
0: Hey, when Sammy Hagar and I were hanging out recently, <laughs> he didn't like Ian Gillen
1: either. No, that I don't, son I don't of know a if bitch. that's true or not. No, I'm really <laughs> mad.
0: Oh, and I was I tried listening to Black Sabbath Born Again the other actually yesterday.
1: I know how you feel about that one too. Oh awful. It's got some good songs.
0: Not with him singing. Yeah. <laughs> I and I even like some Deep Purple songs, but just his voice in general just annoys me.
1: I don't understand why. I think he's awesome. I just I never
0: it never clicked for me. You
1: gotta love that early Deep Purple.
0: Like that, I listened to the song "Trashed," I was like, "Man, what is this?"
1: I like that song. It's so terrible, but it's. I mean, it's hard to call it Black Sabbath, really. I mean, it is, but it sounds no, like Sabbath
0: do, trying to do a Deep Purple song
1: yeah yeah purple sabbath it's not their best but it's not their worst either i don't think it might be i think it might be their worst record we should figure that out sometime maybe we should as an episode rank the black sabbath albums
0: it would be near the bottom if not the bottom
1: for me yeah it wouldn't be in the top that's for sure
0: I just, got, and even not so much the production. They just don't sound like a band. I don't know. It just uh, They're just loads of cocaine being done. Yeah. You can tell.
1: <laughs> My eyes get dilated when I listen to it. <laughs> oh, shit. You feel
0: high just from listening to it. Oh, that's funny. All right. So, uh, yeah, so Deep Purple, not reuniting. Oh, but he also said, and I have to respect Roger Glover, because he's the opposite of Gene Simmons. They were asking about if he, Deep Purple would do like a eventual final show or final tour, like announcing it. Yeah. He says, no, I don't think that's a great idea. I've never liked that idea. In fact, I don't even like the idea of announcing the last show. And here they are. This is their last show. I mean, the stress involved would be ridiculous. Where would it be? When would it be? For me, the odd ending for Purple is that we just carry on until it stops. No announcement. We're not going to announce. This is the last one. People would buy tickets. Oh, this is the last one. It's an exercise in making money. It's yeah. not very good. I've never liked it. I'd rather go and play and play and play, and one day when something happens and one of us drops dead or gets really ill or, or whatever, we'll say, well, that that's that, and leave it at that.
1: Wow. Hats off to you, Roger Glover. That's awesome.
0: That is what you call integrity.
1: Yep, I like it. Now, get Richie Blackmore back. No matter how much you despise each other, Why on earth would we do that? Because everybody would love it.
0: All it takes is a phone call from Sammy Hagar.
1: (laughs) 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 He'd somehow ruin it. Uh,
0: He probably would. All right, yeah, don't ruin Deep Purple, too. Um, David Coverdale says he is, quote, wide open to another collaboration with Jimmy Page. Would, Would you buy another Coverdale Page record?
1: Yes, I would.
0: Okay, I didn't know what Absolutely.
1: you thought about Yeah, no, I like that record. The whole thing's not great, but the songs that are good on it are pretty damn good.
0: Yeah. I, I like it, a lot. it
1: Yeah, I like it too. I was, As a matter of fact, I was listening to that not too long ago. Just was like, you know what, I haven't listened to this since it was new and pulled it out and was still impressed by it. Yeah, I like that album quite a bit. Which reminds me
0: of one of my favorite Toddzilla stories, where he had to go to Memphis to deliver the uh, no, it wasn't Coverdale Page It was Page and Plant Well, anyway, he yeah. had to deliver the guitar to uh, Robert Plant
1: That's awesome
0: But uh, I, I would buy another one of the I, But who knows if that's going to happen I mean, Jimmy Page really doesn't do anything So I think he's basically retired
1: I mean, he could make an album with David Coverdale Get a rhythm section together It's yeah. not that difficult to record songs Although, in the studio
0: You're going to need some real studio magic With Coverdale's voice these days
1: yeah but- not the best um i mean that doesn't surprise me you know again this is the story of why can't the legends retire because there's nobody to take their place
0: actually there's lots of people if people would pay attention
1: that's the whole key to it all there are actually plenty of bands that could take the places of these bands that are just too old you know it's like an infomercial look at david coverdale he's out there he's still playing look at don docking He's struggling, but he's still out there doing it. Why? Because you haven't chosen their replacements yet. It's up to you to choose the replacement so David Coverdale can go on and live a peaceful life and Don Dokken can feel like he's leaving the music in the hands of good good people. Set them free, but you got to replace them. Amen. You can make a movie about that. <laughs>
0: Uh, final story uh, which this gives me just an opportunity to talk about this festival um, ACDC's Brian Johnson uh, did an interview recently said that he uh, is looking forward to playing power trip says quote the juices are running again which gives me a weird visual um, <laughs> but um, but no ACDC doing this show at power trip and um, some rumors. But I don't know if you should take it seriously that uh AC D C might be building a tour around that uh around that stop.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, ACDC, another band who's never announced a farewell tour.
0: No, and they probably never will. I don't think it's their style either. But uh but yeah, this power trip thing, um, from what I'm hearing, the ticket sales have not been good for it.
1: Isn't that the one with just the insanely almost yep. perfect lineup? Yeah, it's
0: um ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Ozzy, Metallica, Iron Maiden, and Tool.
1: How can that not sell good? How can that not be sold out already? Where is it at?
0: It's it's where they do Coachella in California.
1: What the hell, people? That's like the immaculate lineup of hard rock music nowadays, almost.
0: And and since Tool's on the bill, we know who's going to be hanging out backstage. You know, their buddy, (sighs) Sammy Hagar.
1: Sammy Hagar's hanging out with everybody.
0: Of course. I mean, the whole festival, everyone's going to be hanging with Sammy.
1: And they're just like, Sammy, we're so grateful that you allow us to do this and not just come in and headline, you know? We respect you so much for that.
0: Oh, boy. We're going to regret this bit. Um, we,
1: we want you to, but you won't do it. <laughs> You're so full of integrity. <laughs> what it is is they'll put surprise headliner, Sammy Hagar.
0: Um <laughs> But, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy that they're doing this festival. I mean, I'll definitely be a viewer of the live stream because there's no way I'm paying what it would cost to go to this thing. Um, but it looks if, awesome.
1: If it was happening here, that'd be a different story.
0: Well, yeah, because then I could at least go home and sleep and save, you know, $500 a night on a hotel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it looks really cool, but I, I don't know um, – I don't know. I just hope ACDC does actually book a tour and comes back.
1: If they still got what it takes, I don't see why not. Yeah. But that's um, that's, but that's the last an, story I got.
0: You got anything else you want to hit?
1: I don't know. Just thinking about ACDC and worried, you know, and, and Aerosmith. You know, we already know the state kisses in. Right. I get worried about these bands that they're getting older. And pretty soon, like Roger Glover said, you know, one of them's going to kick off, and then they're going to be like, well, that's the end. You know, ACDC's been through it, and they find a way to continue on, but eventually, you know, it's going to be over. Right. So I guess go see them while you can, and always keep them legendary, but also keep your eye open for the up-and-coming bands that carry the spirit of bands like ACDC and Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and... You know, even Coverdale, Page, I guess. You know, all these bands that are coming up, you got to grab a hold of them and pull them up to the next level. Because, man, I hate to say it, but these guys are all on their way out. Oh yeah. And we're forcing them to stay by giving them all our money.
0: That's why. uh, That's why I wrote that article last year. It's It's our fault. It's not the band's fault. It's the fans' fault. If you stop packing arenas, they'll they'll retire.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you saw Gene Simmons standing on the corner begging for money, you'd give him a buck, wouldn't you? (laughs) Probably would. Yeah, of course. And then he'd
0: charge me $2,000 for the meet and greet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can't have that.
0: Yeah. All uh, right,
1: so I guess that's the news for the week. That's your Geek Wire. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are Decibel Geek, proud part of Pantheon Podcasts. If you want to know about something new, You can find your new favorite podcast at Pantheon. They make make everything easy for you. They've gathered all the greatest music podcasts from all over the world. Not just rock, not just metal, but everything. So if you like a little bit of everything, there's a lot of everything to like at Pantheon. So check out Pantheon Podcasts, take a roll through their roster, and find your new favorite podcast today. And we'll be back with something cool for you for next week. Don't forget your asses are on the line for kissmas in july we've still got nine more reviews and recommendations we got to get before july gets here and if we don't get them no kissmas in july for you we want to bring it to you let us do it show us how much you want it hit us up on apple podcasts on podchaser.com and of course we also accept facebook recommendations those are the easiest ones. Make them five stars and they count towards Christmas in July. But you're running out of time. So please give us a five star review so we can bring it to you. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. And we'll see you next time.
3: See ya.